If you have your Bibles, don't you open them with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 17. 1 Chronicles chapter 17. 1 Chronicles chapter 17. We see a lot happening in the news right now concerning the nation of Israel. Okay? We see a lot of these things. We see, we see a lot of things happening concerning God's chosen land. And I want to talk to you this morning about what God's word says about the nation of Israel. Okay? And when I talk about Israel, I want you to draw this parallel. Okay? Because there's two Israels. The Bible's very clear. There are two Israels. So when I talk about it, I want you to draw this parallel between natural Israel and spiritual Israel. Amen? I want you to draw this parallel between natural Israel and spiritual Israel. There's two Israels. There's natural Israel. There is the natural land of Israel. There are the Jewish people. And then the, the Holy Land. But, but the Bible also talks about a spiritual Israel. The church, us, the believers, the body in Christ. Amen? Y'all follow me? Y'all follow me? So the Bible talks about that, that there is a spiritual Israel. It's us, the believers who have been grafted, the Bible says. Romans chapter 11 says we have been grafted into the heritage tree by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we are spiritual Israel. There's a natural Israel. And we are spiritual Israel. So every promise... Everything that you read about the nation of Israel and the Jewish people that God promises them, he has made even greater promises and covenant to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we are natural and spiritual Israel. Are y'all following me? So everything that we read, everything that we learn, I want you to draw that parallel about spiritual Israel because the covenant that was made through the blood of Jesus Christ was for you and I, for your family, for my family, and that's a very, very powerful thing. Amen. That is a very powerful thing, guys. You got to understand. I want you to look with me in 1 Chronicles chapter 17. This is David praying, and he is, he is pointing out some very profound things right here about the nation and the people of Israel, the Jewish people right here. Verse 21. Look at this. He says, and who is like your people, Israel? So we're not just called to love the Holy Land. Are y'all following me? He said, who is like your people, Israel? We're not just called to love the Holy Land, but we're called to love the people of Israel. Amen. Who is like your people, Israel? The one nation on the earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a people. To make for yourselves a name by great and awesome deeds. By driving out nations from before your people whom you redeemed from Egypt. God said, I am driving out the people that put you in that land. Amen. He says, I'm driving out those people that put you in that land. Verse 22, look at this. For you have made your people, Israel, your very own people forever. Forever. And you, Lord, have become their God. Amen. The, 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 the uniqueness of Israel, the thing that makes them different from every other nation in the world. Amen. The thing that makes them different. And I'm going to tell you, I'm a proud American. I am a proud American. I stand for the national anthem. I put my hand on my heart. Amen. I am a very proud American. I still believe in this country. I still believe that God loves this country. I am a proud American. I'm not ashamed to say it. And I promise you right now that we live in the greatest country on this earth. Amen. 
Amen. I thank God for it. But Israel is different than any other nation because God set out to redeem it from other nations. He said, who is like your nation, Israel? Amen. The one nation that God went to redeem for himself. Exodus 19, 6, God made promises to Moses and he said this. He said, you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And you got to understand how important this is. You're not like the other nations, he says, in my mind. You're different. He says, you are a kingdom of priests. You're different. Romans 9, 4, the apostle Paul points out these very distinctive features of the nation of Israel. When he says this, he says, who are the Israelites? And listen, I want to tell you this. These don't just apply to natural Israel. These apply to spiritual Israel. This is you. Amen? Are y'all following me? He says this, who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption? This is you and I. We've been adopted. We've been adopted. That's great news. Good spot to shout amen right there, y'all. Come on. We've been adopted. The glory, the covenants, the nation of Israel, the Israelites, they have been adopted by God. God has put his glory on them. They have all the covenants that God made. And so do you and I. Come on, y'all. Amen. They have been given the law. They have been given the commandments of God. They have the service of God, which is reference to the royal priesthood. They have the service of God and all the promises of God. Can I tell you, they have been given to the Israelites and to the land of Israel and to the people of Israel. Amen. It's important. All of that. And Paul was a theologian. Paul was a scholar. Listen to this. And he said, this is how God sees them. This is how God sees them. And then he draws this through the Jewish people, right? He, he, he tells us through the Jewish people, through the nation of Israel, guys, listen, the Savior of the world come. That cannot be said of any other nation. The Savior of the world come. Cannot be said of any other nation. There is no other race of people through which the Redeemer would come when God, who is a spirit, decided that he would come down in flesh. Listen, he put on a physical body and he came through. He said, I am going to come through the lineage, through flesh and bone of the Jewish people. Amen. He put on human flesh and he said, I'm going to do it through the lineage of the Jewish people. And I'm going to come to a place called Israel. And they are going to be, the Bible says, it's going to be my holy land. Amen. It's so important. Listen, in Revelations 5, 1 and 2. And you got to understand this. Because there's a scene in heaven. And it's so important because, listen, guys, that it's not, it's not just down here. Okay? I want to show you something. I want you to see this because, because it's not just down here. Listen to this. Um, 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 Jesus was Jewish. The Bible's very clear that he was Jewish. But even in heaven, it recognizes him as a Jew. They, he says this. He says that he saw, and I want you to look at Revelation chapter 5. He says, I saw a scroll, and it has seven seals on it. And he says it, 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 that nobody can open the scrolls. Nobody can open the seals. None of them. Look what it says right here. It says, I saw in the right hand a scroll sealed with seven seals, and a strong angel proclaimed with a loud voice who was worthy to open the scroll and lose the seals. It says, no one was able to open them. And then I heard a voice. And look what it says right here in verse 5. Then I saw right here. One of the elders said, do not weep. He's telling them, he said, don't weep. Behold, the lion of what? 
the tribe of Judah, the root of what? David has prevailed. Glory to God to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. I want you to notice this. The lion of the tribe of Judah, even in heaven, he says, I want you to understand and go all the way back to my roots. He said, I'm an Israelite. I am going all the way. He said, the root of David. Even in heaven, he is recognized as a Jew. And he said, I am coming from the line of the tribe of Judah. Amen. In heaven, there is a Jewish redeemer, a savior, a God. And he says, I want to be identified with the physical tribe that I came from. Amen. In heaven, he's going to be Jewish. The Israelite tribe of Judah. The word Jude is where we get Jew from. Duh. I just made that. Judah. Y'all think about that on the way home. And the root of David. Listen, and the root of David. He's saying, you can't separate me from the Jews. Do you understand that? He says, you can't separate me from the Jews. That's what he's saying, the root of David. That means I want you to go all the way back to my lineage. So you have to understand this. Not only was Jesus a Jew, right, when he was on earth, but he is still a Jew in heaven. Amen. He is still a Jew in heaven in his resurrected position. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And woe to his enemies when the lion begins to roar. Amen. Because you cannot whoop the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is recognized by that. And he says, I want you to go all the way back to my lineage. I am from the root of David. And woe to his enemies when he begins to roar. There's an astounding verse. That Jesus himself, and I, I want you to understand this, in John chapter 4. Open your Bible. It's very important. He was speaking to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And he said this in John 4, 22. He said, you worship what you do not know. In the verses prior to that, he said, your fathers used to come in this mountain and worship what they do not know, and your forefathers, and amen. He said, but you worship what you do not know. They didn't know what they were looking for. Amen? But what he's saying, but now I'm here. And I want you to look at this. He said, we know what we worship. And I want you to underline this. And I want you to see this. And I, he said these five very astounding words. Underline it in your Bible. What he was saying is, I'm here. You worship what you don't know. And look what he said. Salvation is of the Jews. Five very, very astounding words. He said, salvation is of the Jews. Jesus said, and he was saying, he said, I am the Messiah. I would not be here if it were not for the Jewish people and for the Holy Land. That's what he said. Salvation is of the Jews. And when you understand that, amen. When you understand, where did our salvation come from? No Jews, no salvation. No Israel, no Holy Land, no salvation. Amen. Why do we make such a big deal about it? Why do we stand with Israel? Why do we not, why, why do we not just stand with Israel, but also the Jewish people? Amen. Why do we make such a big deal about it? Because salvation, five breathtaking words, salvation is of the Jews. You got to understand that. You have to understand that. 
Salvation is of the Jews. Where did salvation come from? It came from a God who was spirit. God was spirit. The Bible's clear. He put on a flesh suit and he chose that people and he can do what he wants with who he wants whenever he wants and he don't need your permission. Amen. I'm... And he chose that people. He said, I'm not choosing Americans. I'm not choosing British. I'm not choosing Mexicans. I'm not choosing Africans. He said, I'm not choosing. He said, I choose to come through those little insignificant people in that little insignificant piece of property. Amen. He could have chose anywhere and anyone he wanted. Amen. But he said, salvation is of the Jews. Amen. Are y'all following me this morning? All right. I'm working hard up here, Tara. (sighs) Listen. He said, I'm going to choose those little insignificant people. Come on, y'all. He even said this in Deuteronomy. Not because they're strong and mighty and powerful, but because they're so little and weak, I'm going to get all the glory. And let me tell you something. That's the spiritual parallel that we need to do. He didn't choose you because you were big and mighty. He chose you because you were the least of these. And he said, I'm going to come into your life and I'm going to get glory out of it because that's the spiritual part of it. That's the parallel. Mm, Four of you got that. The rest of you better get a hold of this one. Listen, I'm going to tell you right here. He didn't choose you because you had it all together. Amen. He didn't choose you because you had it all together. He didn't choose you because you're smart. I promise you, he could have found somebody a whole lot more qualified than you, and he could have found somebody a whole lot more qualified than me. But he said, I chose you. You got to get this. He said, I chose you. And when I choose you, I can use you. You got to understand it. He said, when I choose you, he said, I can use you. And I didn't ask other people's permission before I chose you. He don't have to. Amen. Come on. I don't care. He said, who likes you? He said, I don't care who does like you, who don't like you. It don't matter. I'll raise you up. I'll protect you. He said, I'm uh, going to bless you. And that's the parallel between natural Israel and spiritual Israel. Right? He chose us. We didn't choose him. He chose us. We didn't choose him. Amen. Salvation. Is of the Jews. That means my, my, my whole spiritual inheritance, I owe to one nation, Israel, and one people, the Jewish people, because they gave me my Jewish Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We owe that to one nation and one people. I know all glory and honor and praise goes to Jesus, but Jesus said, and the Apostle Paul said it as well, You cannot curse those people. The Bible puts it like this in Genesis 12, 3. I want you to remember this verse. You can always be real spiritual. Come on, y'all. Always be real spiritual when people are coming up and talking to you and you can tell them, oh, one, two, three. Everybody say one, two, three. three. Genesis 1, 2, 3, 12, 3. Come on. Genesis 12, 3. He puts it like this. I will bless those who bless you, Israel. And curse those who curse you. 
That's why I don't want nothing to do with all these little smarty pant kids out here on these campuses and these colleges that are just blasting Israel and doing all this stuff. He says, I will curse those who curse you and I will bless those who bless you. You're sitting out there and you are cursing. This is not right. I'm going to tell you it's wrong and it's wrong and it's wrong. If you are standing up and you are blasting Israel and you are the Jewish people, as long as I got this microphone, I'm going to tell you it's wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. The Bible says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Amen. I don't want no part of cursing. The... Amen. I'm just here to tell you. Anti-Semitic, the anti-Semitism, it's wrong. If you curse that nation, God will curse you. God will curse your family. God will curse this nation. If we bless that nation, God will bless you. God will bless your family. God will bless this nation. I say God bless America and God bless Israel. Does that mean we don't love Palestinians? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We love them and we pray for them just like we do everybody else. Amen. Should we pray for them? Yes. But what do we do when the whole world is trying to wipe out that nation in that race? Come on, y'all. What do we do when the entire world is trying to wipe out that nation and those people? What do we do? You see, the reason the devil hates him so much is because he knows Jesus is coming back. And he knows that Jesus is coming back. And he knows that Jesus cannot come back if the Israelites are not in place and they're not in. He hates that nation and he hates those people. Because Jesus, the Messiah, cannot come back. You got to understand this. He can't come back. Everything he's doing, everything Satan is doing is trying to wipe these people out. He's trying to get the whole world to wipe these people out, and he knows that Jesus can't come back. Man, I'm going to tell you all something right now. I feel like preaching this this morning because Jesus is going to come back. Amen. He's coming back. He's going to come back, and what I'm here to tell you is he who watches over Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. That's what he says. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. And I promise you, nobody is going to move them out of the way again. God said the next time I plant them there, they will not be scattered again. These people are attacking them. you got to understand what's happening. Amen? Amen? He said, I will put them back. Listen, his kingdom is going to reign forever. Hamas will pass away. Hezbollah is going to pass away. All of these things. But God said, my kingdom will rule and reign forever. All these other things are going to pass away. I'm telling you all right now, I'm telling you, without that nation, without the Jewish people, there would be no apostles. No Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. No apostle Paul. There would be no patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There would be no Daniels. There would be no Ezekiels. There would be no Isaiahs. Without that group of nation, there would be no Bible. Amen. There would be no Ten Commandments. There would be no promises. There would be no prophets. There would be no Savior. And there would be no salvation for your soul. And there would be no salvation for your soul. 
Am I a little one-sided about it? I sure am. Because this Bible right here is one-sided about it. I'm here to tell you this Bible right here is one-sided about it. Don't ever let the branches start thinking they're more important than the roots. The branches need the roots and the roots need the branches. They don't know him yet. They don't know him yet. The Jews don't know. They don't know the Messiah yet. They're blinded. They're blinded. And one of the day, one, one of these days, the Bible says their eyes are going to be open. And just like we need our roots, we need our roots. And you say, where, well, where's that? Romans chapter 11. Thank you. I knew you was going to ask that question. What are you talking about? Romans chapter 11. Listen, the branches can't say the church. The New Testament, the New Covenant church cannot say, I don't need the roots. What are the roots? That's Judaism. That's Judaism. The roots are Judaism. He says this, don't boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not support the roots, but the roots support you. Amen. And then you will say, branches were broken off that I may be grafted in. Let me tell you something. Don't, don't boast. Don't say, oh, we don't need to, you know what, we don't need to stand with the Jews. You know what, we can sit over here. And can I tell you that nonsense has crept into modern day church? Amen? That nonsense has crept into modern day church all over the world right now. Well, well, we don't need the chosen people. We don't need to stand with the Jews. The branches really don't need the roots. Amen? Y'all think I'm telling you, this junk has crept in to the modern day church. We don't need the holy land. I'm telling you, it's not like any other land, and it is not like any other race of people. God said, I have an everlasting covenant with the Jewish people and with that land. He said, if you curse them, you curse me. If you bless them, you bless me. That's what he said. Amen. All of your spiritual blessings come from one nation, the nation of Israel. And one group of people, the Jewish people, to not acknowledge that is anti-Christian. I'm just telling you. I, I'm just telling you. To not acknowledge that is anti-Christian. Amen. We owe our salvation to the Jews, to the Messiah that they gave us in physical form, who died on a cross and shed his precious blood for us, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, let's give him a shout of praise in here. Let's give him a shout of praise. I want to tell you that his name is Jesus Christ. Israel is unique. Israel is unique more than any other country in the world because their very existence has been foretold in this book. Their very existence from the day no other nation their very existence has been foretold and prophesied. It has been foretold and prophesied that they would go into slavery in Egypt. It was foretold that they would be delivered with wealth when that happened. And it just happened just like the Bible said it was going to happen. It was prophesied that they would possess the land of Canaan. It was prophesied that they would then turn to idolatry. It was prophesied that God would establish a temple in Jerusalem. All of this stuff happened just like the Bible said. Amen. It was prophesied that the Babylonians would invade and Nebuchadnezzar and his armies would destroy the temple. And it happened. The temple that Solomon built was destroyed. The second time, it was prophesied even by Jesus himself. He said, they'll come in and tear down Herod's temple. And it happened. 
It happened. Just like this book said it would. Amen. Jesus said no stone would be left unturned. It was prophesied that the Israelites would be scattered among the nations and they would not be in the Holy Land or have a nation for many, many, many generations. It was prophesied that they would be persecuted by the Gentiles and it was prophesied that God would regather them from all the nations. Listen, there are 16 prophecies about the nation of Israel in this book. 16, the nation of Israel now. Don't misunderstand me. There's a lot more prophecies. The nation of Israel. There are 16 prophecies about the nation of Israel. 13 of those predictions that I just gave you have already happened. I'm here to tell you. I, that's an 81% fulfillment of scripture. So let me tell you something. There's only three left to be fulfilled. And one of them is a gathering of all the nations to war against Israel. And you're seeing it right now. A book, I will tell you, listen. You're seeing the beginnings of that. The Bible says in, in Ezekiel 38, you got to read it. The Bible says there will be an invasion from the north from Russia. There will be Gog and Magog and Rosh and all of these things that have to take place. And there's going to be, an, you got to read it. Read Ezekiel chapter 38. The kings, Iran, Persia, they're the major ones. This isn't just something that we're making up right now. This is something that has been prophesied for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. This stuff is happening right in front of your eyes. We're not just making this up. People have been saying this and seeing this in scripture for years. Amen. Iran, China, Russia, keep your eye on them. Keep your eye on them. They're behind a lot of this and they're out to destroy with all the other nations around Israel that little piece of real estate that is the size of New Jersey. They are out to destroy that little piece of real estate that is the size of of New Jersey, 16 prophecies and 13 of the 16 have been fulfilled. A book that can predict 13 right and three not yet happened. You better take very serious. You better take it very serious. God's plan for Israel is found in Jeremiah 30. He said this in verse three, that I will bring them back from captivity Come on, y'all. And I will return them back to the land of their fathers, and they shall possess it in the latter days. The return of the Jews from all over the world. God said, I'm going to bring them back from captivity. you got to understand this. I'll bring them back, and there will be a generation that will possess the land of their forefathers. They'll possess it. He said, and they'll never be uprooted again. They'll never be uprooted again. you got to understand how important that is. They're trying to uproot them right now. That happened May the 14th, 1948. I preached on it a couple weeks ago. The reestablishment of the nation of Israel. And I want you to understand how prophetic. I want you to understand how bigger than the deliverance of the children out of bondage in Egypt. That prophecy. That prophecy, guys, concerning Israel that has happened in your generations. You don't. I, obviously, y'all don't understand how big that is. 
bigger than the deliverance of the children out of bondage in Egypt for 400 years is the prophecy that was fulfilled in your generation. Amen, hallelujah. Clap your hands. You're seeing this stuff. Amen. Are there any people, I've done this before. I know I've done this a couple weeks ago. Are there any people who were alive in 1948 or born in 1948? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. Alive in 1948 or born in 1948? Okay. Take a look around. Keep them up. Keep them up. Take a look around. Take a look around. Matthew chapter 24 says, when you see Israel reborn, when you see that fig tree being reborn and come back to life, he says, my hand is at the door and this generation shall not pass. I'm here to tell you, Israel is 75 years old this year. It's 75 years old this year. May the 14th, 1948. Israel is 75 years old and all I'm trying to say is you are running out of time to get right. All I'm trying to say is you are running out of time to get ready for the rapture. You are running out of time to not be left behind for the Antichrist and all that is coming. The great tribulation is what the Bible calls it. The earth will go through tribulation like you have never seen and we're just seeing the beginnings. You are running out of time to get ready. You are running out of time. And when you understand, listen, that God said, I'll take from all the nations and I will bring you into your own land, Israel. God said, I'm going to take from all the nations and I will give you a land. He says, I'm going to drive them out and I'm going to give you the land. Amen. Amen. And I'm sorry. God can do what he wants, when he wants, with who he wants, why he wants, where he wants, and he don't have to ask anybody's permission. And you ought to rejoice because I'm going to tell you right now, when God is for you, who can stand against you? Amen? You are spiritual Israel. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against them because you're spiritual Israel. Amen? you got to understand that. That if God be for you, Who can be against you? Amen. Who can stand against you? When God says you can have it, listen, you don't care how many people try to close the door because God opens doors that no man can close and God closes doors that no enemy can get in. You got to understand that parallel. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'm telling you. He said in Isaiah chapter 11, look at this. I'm almost done. Verse 11. It'll come to pass in that day that I, the Lord, shall set my hand again. Look at this. A second time. A second time. To recover the remnant of his people. The first time was after the Babylonian captivity. They went back. And the second time was 1948. And God said this. My hand will make this happen a second time. And once they go back, listen, they will not be scattered again. They will never, ever leave that land again. The second regathering from all over the world. All over the world, guys. And then he goes on to say in verse 12, and I will set a banner before the nations. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Because you've got to understand this. That's in reference to Isaiah chapter 66. It says, how can a nation shall be born in one day? And God said, I'm going to set up a banner for the nations. Do you know what that banner is? It's the flag of Israel. He said, I'm going to set up a banner. He says, I'm going to set up a banner for the nation. He says, the star of David. God said, they're going to know. 
And for the nations is a reference to the United Nations. He's given us hints that the United Nations will declare in 1948, after the World War II, after the, the Holocaust, after all of this stuff, that these people need their own land and they will raise a banner, May the 14th of 1948. He says, I'm going to let the world know that I'm God. He says, it does not matter. Every nation, every tongue is going to see that I am God. Because I'm going to raise a banner and that's going to become a nation in a day. And you're going to see that I'm God because I'm going to raise a banner and I'm going to show you. Do you understand that? That's the banner. He says, I'm, 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 I'm raising this banner. Not because they're great, not because they're better, he says, but because I'm going to get glory out of them. Amen. He says, I'm going to get glory out of them. It's the banner of the nations. It's God's banner. This banner says, I'm going to give to you the descendants. I'm going to give to you the land. And God keeps his covenants. Amen. And when you look at how powerful Israel is now, you got to understand this, guys. When you look how powerful they are now, it's a miracle of God. Half of the resolutions that were made and passed by the UN were against Israel. Amen. Listen to this. And yet they continue to grow and prosper. They are surrounded with enemies. And yet they continue to grow and prosper. you got to catch this, guys. you got to understand this. Jesus said this in Matthew 23, 37. Look what he said. He says, his farewell speech to Jerusalem. He says, I'm weeping over you, Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He said, I love you. I'm weeping over you. You kill the prophets. You stone everybody that was sent to you. He said, how bad. I just wanted to gather you and just love you. But you were not willing. Amen. But I don't want you to think that God is through with them. Amen? God is not through with Israel. God is not through with the Jewish people. I don't want you to think that. Because the Apostle Paul answers that question in Romans chapter 11. Look at this. He says, has God cast away Israel? Is God done with Israel? Certainly not. Certainly not. He said, I won't come again. I won't speak to you. God says, I will not come back. You're going to go through all of this stuff. Listen to what he says right here in Romans 11, 7 and 8. He says, they are blinded. The Jew Let me read this to you. I'm going to show you. Listen. It says, Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have. Some of them have. Do you understand that not the Jewish people don't believe that Jesus is God? Some of them do. That's what it says. The elect have. Are y'all following me? It says, says, but the elect have, and the rest were blinded. Verse 8, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear to this. The Jewish people, how can you live in a land where the Messiah was? How can you walk through the places and the things and, the, and still not believe that Jesus is the Messiah? How can you? The Bible says they're blinded. They're blinded. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe. They don't receive. Now, some of them do, but, but why? Because their eyes are blinded. Paul used that word. He used the word blinded. And he said, I won't come again. You won't see me anymore until I hear you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. What is that about? 
What is that about? Listen, that's when he's coming back. Now, there's the rapture. This is not the rapture. The rapture is the rapture. We've talked about this. Now, there's the rapture, and that's all going to happen before all of this does, okay? And then the great tribulation. And then at the end of the great tribulation, Jesus Christ is coming back. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Listen, he'll be on a white horse, and he's bringing all of us with him that time. Come on. He's bringing all of us with him that time. I want to read it to you. I want to read it. I want you to see this, that in that moment, because when they see him, they're going to see him. The Jews do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and they're going to see him. They're going to, and I want to read this to you. I want to show this to you right here. Look, look in, look in Zechariah. I want you to see this, and in that moment when they see him, they're going to see him. He's going to come down to earth, and they're going to see his wounds. And they're going to see him. Look at Zechariah 12. Look at verse 10 right here. And I will pour out on the house of Israel and the people of Jerusalem the spirit, y'all, come on, of grace and supplication. And they will look on me whom they pierced and crucified. And they will mourn for him as one who mourns for his only son. That word mourn right there means to repent. They're going to cry out. They're going to realize, oh my gosh, he was the one. We killed him. Amen. Because he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The blinders and the scales, they're going to come off at that point. And thousands and thousands and thousands of Jewish people are going to be converted and believe in the Lord that day. Is what the Bible says. It says their scales are going to come off. And then they're going to look back and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, he was the one. We killed him. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. He said they're going to look on me whom they pierced and then they'll repent. Let me show you where I'm headed. I'm almost done. Hey, I got five more minutes and I'm taking every one of them. You deal, man. Everybody's like, hey, this dude don't ever stop talking. Listen, I got five minutes. I'm taking them. I'm using my time. I'm going to show you where I'm headed with this. All right? There's the reestablishment of Jerusalem. It's already happened. Amen? May 14th, 1948. The reestablishment of Jerusalem, Israel. There's going to be a gathering of nations to war against Israel. We're starting to see that right now. Amen? There's the return of Jesus. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then there's the revelation of Jesus Christ for the Jewish people. Those are the three left that still have to happen. There's going to be the gathering of the nations, the return, and then the revelation. The blinders are going to come off. Amen? Amen. What I'm saying, what the devil fears the most is the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. What the devil fears the most 
is the return of Jesus Christ. The Jews must be in Jerusalem for Jesus to come back. The Jews must be in the Holy Land. And this is why Satan is stirring up all the nations of the world to hate that land and to hate those people. God help the USA to not be on the wrong side. God help the USA to not be on the wrong side. Don't let us be on the wrong side. And I want to give you this verse, Deuteronomy 7. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. A special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. That's the parallel to the Christian too. That's you. That's the parallel to the Christian. Verse 7, the Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you, Israel, Jewish people, and you, church, believers, because you were more in number than any other, for you were the least of all people. But why did he do it? Why did he do it? Because the Lord loves you. Because the Lord loves you. Because the Lord loves you. I want you to understand that God doesn't love us because we're valuable. We're valuable because he loves us. Amen. We are valuable because he loves us. And he said you're a special people. Israel was God created, God decreed, God loved, God called, God elected, and God protected. Israel has a special purpose. The Jewish people have a special purpose, and that is to bring the Messiah to the world, and Restoration Church has a special purpose, and that is to bring Jesus to the world and to this community. It's the spiritual parallel. Those people in that land have one purpose, have one purpose. Israel is under special protection. Look at this right here, according to Jeremiah 31. Verse 35, God says this, says, listen, you would have to destroy the sun, the moon, and the stars. He says, who gives the sun, the ordinances of the moon, and the stars? Who disturbs the sea? The one who gives the light of day, the God of the armies of heaven. He says, if you can destroy the stars and the sun and the sea and wipe it all out, if you can do that, look what he says right here. He says, then you can take Israel out. Amen. He says, if you can destroy the sun, the moon, he says, you can't no more destroy the universe than you can destroy the nation of Israel. That's what he said. You got to read it. He says, you, and you got to understand when I put them back for the second time, uh, he says, you can attack them. You can do anything you want to do. He says, listen, they are under special protection. You, can, you, you might as well try to try to destroy the universe. That's what he said. That nation and those people are under special protection. They're special people with a special purpose and a special protection. And lastly, it's a special place. It's a special place. Thank you for that arousing applause. <laughs> special people, special purpose. They have special protection and it's a special place. Israel is a special place. And God put his people in that special place. And God, listen, out of all the earth, 
He said, I choose that little place called Israel. And he called it my holy land. That's what he called it. It's my holy land. And then he says, I choose that city in that land, Jerusalem. And he called it the holy city. Amen? And then he said, I choose that one hill in that one city, in that one land. And that's the same hill that Abraham, Mount Moriah, he offered up Isaac. Abraham offered up Isaac. Solomon built the first temple there. And can I tell you, that's the exact same hill that Jesus is going to come back and possess. And he is going to reign and rule for a thousand year millennium. I'm telling you. Woo! And then the great white throne judgment. But I promise you, when you make it to there, you're in. Woo! Amen. I want to conclude with this. I'm almost done. Because what's going to happen next is the rapture of the church. That's what's going to happen next. We've been talking about this stuff for several weeks. Are you going to be ready for it? We have been talking about this stuff for several weeks, and that's what we're trying to do. The next thing to happen is the rapture of the church. Are you going to be ready for it? The rapture of the church, guys. And then there will come on the scene, standing in the shadows of history, is a man known as the Antichrist. I talked about it last week. And I want to show you something. I want to show you this in Revelation chapter 12. It says, now a great sign appeared from heaven as a woman. Everybody say a woman. Everybody say a woman. That woman is the nation of Israel. How do you know that? Verse 2. She was with child. And she was in labor. She was bringing the Messiah. Israel is the woman. Israel is the woman. The baby is the Messiah. Look at verse 3. And I saw a red dragon. And it goes on to say down to verse 4, look at this. That what? He wanted to devour that child. You see that? Now what I want to point out to you is simply this. Is that he wanted to devour that child. And I want you to go down to verse 13. It says, now when the dragon saw that the woman gave birth to the child, I want you to notice these words right here. He persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Who's the woman? The nation of Israel, the Jewish people. And what is the dragon doing? Ever since that nation brought the Messiah... They have been persecuted. I want you to look at it again. Verse 17. It says, and the dragon was enraged. Everybody say enraged. The dragon was enraged with the woman. Who's the woman? And he went to make war. Notice the specific wording here. You got to catch this. With the rest of her offspring, her descendants. Do you understand what you're watching on the news is revelation being unfolded right before your eyes? Do you understand that? What you're watching go on is revelation 
being unfolded right before your eyes, guys. You've got to understand this. And what happens? He says the dragon is enraged and wants to devour the woman, Israel. And then the Antichrist comes on the scene. We talked about that, and, then, and as he comes on the south of the, the seething seas and the unrest and the social agitation and all the nations coming to war, to war against Israel. Do you understand what I'm saying? Out of that, look at Revelation 13.1. He says, and then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. The beast, the man of sin, I preached about it last week. I preached about what you got to look forward to if you're not ready. Out of all the social agitation, ethnic against ethnic, race against race, nation against nation, multitudes. Out of all of that comes the beast. Amen. But we're not going to be here. That should have been way better. Out of all of that comes the beast. But we're not going to be here. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're not going to be here. Through all of these messages the past few weeks, through everything that we have seen unfolding right before our eyes, Jesus is coming back. Will you be ready? He's coming back. Will you be ready for the imminent return of Jesus Christ? All of those prophecies have happened. And there's just a handful of guys that are left. And one of them is the rapture of the church. And in an hour, you think not. He's coming. He's coming. Be ready. 